Welcome to the Sunday Sermons Podcast. It was recorded on a Sunday morning at Morrison Hill Christian Church in Kingston, Tennessee. Our prayer is that the truths and strategies presented in this message will equip you to become a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. Good morning. Once again, welcome to Morrison Hill Christian Church. I love what Frank was sharing this morning. Uh, I, we agree it, it's so much more than just attending uh, what we do here this morning. I, honestly, I wouldn't bother showing up myself unless I thought it was a lot bigger than you coming to watch something happen on the stage. And we're so thankful that you did whatever it took for you to get here and that we're doing all of these things together. And I hope that this Bible study this morning, but I hope that as always, that as we go through God's word together, that what actually happens is that his spirit does move in here, that we all really experience something together here, but on the other side of this morning, there's actual life change. That is always going to be God's will. Uh, if you would this morning, could you get your cell phone out for a second? Anybody has a, I guess as they call them today, just phones. I'm not sure anybody even says cell phones, right? It's just, it's just part of life. Everybody got one? Why don't you take a look at it real quick? And um, if you would, if you haven't already done it, go ahead and shut, it, shut the ringer off. That'd be nice. Just to be polite. That's not the point. But I want you to look at it and just kind of feel that emotion that you normally feel with this beautiful little thing you love. Hold it gently and stroke it lovingly, you know. But seriously, I want you to think about all the cool stuff that these little gadgets do. Um, not only is it pretty magical that you can carry around something in your pocket that you can use to talk to people, send notes to picture people, or send them little cartoons of things, make them figure it out. They're called emojis. I guess nobody else besides me has trouble figuring them out. Um, but seriously, it does a lot of great things. Let me give you, go ahead and look at it one more time. Keep looking at it because I, I want to make sure you feel the emotion here. I want to tell you a couple of things that, that you um, should not use your phone for. They're really bad hammers. They're also really lousy Frisbees. I, trust me on this. They're not accurate. They're also not very durable. Um, here, here's the bottom line. You can put them away. Uh, this, is, this is what I wanted to make sure we understand one last time this morning. Things work best when they do what they were designed to do the way they were designed to do them. And that's how all of God's moral boundaries work. It's not that he hates certain things like playing Frisbee or using hammers it's, it's that we were designed to do certain things and we were designed not to do certain things. And he's the one who designed us, so he makes those rules for our good. That's the basic bottom line underneath all of these things we've been doing. Uh, here's another thing. Is there anybody here this morning that would like to know God's very specific, perfect will for you in your life? Anybody? At least a majority. That's a good thing. Um, seriously, though. I can't do that for you. I can't tell you his specific will for each one of you. But I can narrow it down pretty hard, pretty well. Listen, God will never ask you to do something that he has forbidden. If you hear a voice in your head and he's telling you to do something and in his word, he expressly says that is wrong, that is a sin, that is detestable to me, that is whatever else, any negative thing. If God in his word has said that is not okay, trust me, it's not okay. I, I'm not going to go there about who that voice might be from or whether it's you or some other source. I know it's not God. You can narrow his will for you down that way. The other thing is his will will always fit whatever he is telling you. It's always going to fit within the parameters that he has given us. It's always going to fit somewhere in the middle of loving God with everything that you are 
Loving your neighbor as yourself is going to fit into doing what is just, to loving mercy, to walking humbly with your God. And one way or another, it's going to be in between all of those things. It's going to somehow, his perfect will for you is going to be there. And here's one more thing, and this is going to kick off exactly what we're looking at this morning. It's going to take some courage. Almost every single time God's ever showed me anything in any story I've ever read where God took the time to actually show somebody in the Bible or out of the, out of the Bible something very specific, it took courage. It wasn't something easy. It wasn't something that just came naturally to them. And when we think of courage, just like each one of these big ideas we've explored the last several weeks, there's the kind of the kiddie pool version, and then there's the real deep end of the pool version that's actually the real thing that God tells us about. And the kiddie pool version of courage is kind of what Jeff Foxworthy talks about when he says, hold my beer and watch this. You know what I'm saying? That's almost like a meme and a cliche now, but it came from him. He's pretty funny. My favorite thing, I think, like almost everybody uh, that, that he does is the redneck jokes. Um, one of them I just saw this week when I was looking this up. I'd never seen this one. He said, if your kid's favorite bedtime story was Curious George and the high-voltage electric fence, you might be a redneck. That's a good one. I like that one. But seriously, that idea of hold my beer, watch this. That's kind of what we normally think of as courage. We think of as courage as something that we can kind of just force ourselves to do something that maybe we shouldn't even be doing in the first place. But the biblical idea of courage is not rooted in the ability to do something that nobody else is doing per se. It's rooted in the idea of doing something that needs done. Just like all of these other things that are in God's moral boundaries. Courage accepts responsibility no matter the cost. Would you say that out loud with me this morning? Courage accepts responsibility no matter the cost. That's what courage is. Bottom line. We're going to look a lot deeper and explore it a little bit. But that's the bottom line. It's not so much about, hey, everybody else is scared, but I'm going to do it. Watch. It's, it's I'm going to get this done because it needs done. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writes this. Be very careful then how you live. Careful, courage, doesn't normally go with the kiddie pool version, but it goes well with God's. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Courage is not just believing in yourself either. That's another thing that we tell ourselves a lot. We believe that if we just kind of just believe you can do it and all your dreams will come true. That's like saying wish on a star and all your dreams will come true or, or, or whatever else. That's not really the truth. Abraham Lincoln, we talked about him last week, and I, one of the things I love about him is he was obsessed with trying to make sure that he was on God's side rather than hoping that God was on his that, that, is, that is a basic idea, and I love that. It's so real. He was, I believe that the North won that fight. No offense against anybody in the South. I'm just saying, I believe that things worked out the way they did because there was truth, there was justice, and there was mercy. There was humility involved. God's purposes for delivering this nation from the evil that it was practicing at that moment. Not that there's no evil here anymore. But his will was being accomplished there, and that's why they won. But a lot of times, another thing that we think of as courageous these days is actually some random forms of self-delusion. And if I were here to stand, stand before you this morning and tell you that I am Abraham Lincoln, 
It would not be courageous for me to make that statement to you. And it would not be courageous and it would not be kind and it would be loving. It would not be loving. It would not be humble or any other good thing for you to indulge me. And if I demanded that you call me Mr. President, that would not be kind and respectful of you to do that. You'd be encouraging something that's not true. That is not courageous of me. Courageous means you do something that really needs done. It's going to be rooted in God's world at least. It's, it's, it's rooted in what is real, what is true, and his will. Courage is also not a lack of fear. We're going to spend just a little bit more time here talking about what it's not. Most of the time we're going to get into what it is. But say this out loud with me. This is really important. Courage is not a lack of fear. In fact, if you're doing something and you're not scared, it's probably not something that you even need to be courageous about. And that's not actually courage. That's just you not having fear. Good, good for you. That's neat. Maybe. Maybe you should be afraid of whatever it is that you're doing. George Patton actually said, courage is fear holding on a minute longer. I believe that's closer to the truth. One of the great things in the Gospels is... Um, well, all the great things in the Gospels actually are stories about Jesus. But some of my favorite ones are the ones that involve water. Where he calms the storm. Um, all of his disciples are completely freaking out. But Jesus is like, no, I got this. He just wakes. He's literally asleep. He wakes up. He says, be still. And the storm shuts down. You guys like that story? I love that one. He turns water into wine. There's several other really cool ones that have to do. But one of the ones I think all of us are, have heard at some point, And one of my favorites in the Gospels is where he walks on water. That was at the end of a long, crazy day. The whole day was amazing. But we see him walking out to them and they're scared to death. They see him doing something that's impossible. They see him doing something that in, if it wasn't Jesus, there's no way this thing could be happening. They're seeing something that honestly is genuinely scary. It's honestly something that's just nuts. Nobody can walk on water. This has to be something really bizarre. That What in the world? But Jesus says to them, take courage. I am here. And that's really for us as Christians and for anything that God wants us to be courageous about. That's really what it comes down to. Is that we find our courage in Jesus himself. Jesus' presence. Jesus' power to do stuff that is impossible and would be ridiculous to try, not just scary, without him. It's Jesus and his presence and his power that makes our courage worth having. It's Jesus and his power and his purposes that we should be able to lean on and actually have courage. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 7, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. How many of you guys at least had a little bit of struggle with the floods recently? Maybe your schedule disrupted because school got canceled. Something, somehow or another. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. And honestly, none of the stuff we face here is hurricane level or anything like some other parts of the world where everything just gets completely destroyed. But flooding and floods and stuff like that is still really scary sometimes, right? We're afraid of a bunch of different things. But if you've got a house that's up on a hill, 
It's on a really good foundation. If it's built well, you don't really have to be scared. You might be afraid. My, my, my son's dog just sits there and trembles the whole time. We laugh at it because he's okay. He's just scared. But the thing is, the reason we don't have to be afraid is because our lives are built on bedrock. The only reason you really should be afraid is if it's not. In Romans chapter 1, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. And here's the good news. Maybe you're not feeling really courageous this morning, but there's something that you know God is telling you to do or stop doing. This is really good news for you. I'd like you to say this out loud with me as well. Courage does not require strength. It creates it. If you wait until you feel courageous, if you wait until the fear goes away, if you wait until your knees stop knocking and you don't feel nauseous anymore, you're never going to get anything important done. All you got to do is take that step. All you've got to do is just walk one step in the direction of something you know God is telling you to do. And you're that much closer and you're a little bit braver. People say that, that action follows emotion. Sometimes that's true, but in my experience, emotion follows action a lot better. Amen. A lot more consistently. When you just do what needs done... It starts becoming fun. It starts at least becoming doable or a little bit less scary. A lot more often than when you just wait until you're not scared or you really, really are excited before you do what needs to be done. Courage does not require strength. It creates it. Every brave choice just makes us braver. I think that's part of what James was talking about in James 2 when he said, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. And he says, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. We've been looking several times in the last couple of weeks at the story of Joshua, who is humble and a whole bunch of other great things, but his 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 story kind of touches in this. And in this, the specific part of his story that really touches is the story of this woman named Rahab. And she was a prostitute. This is not a story about God saying that sin is okay. This is a story about someone taking their very first steps in God's direction and him honoring that. His endorsement all throughout the rest of his word of Rahab as a person of faith had nothing to do with her past or all the things that she had done up until that point. What it had to do was that when these two spies come to her house, she helps them. She takes a risk. She risks everything to be on their side instead of the side that she was on up until that point. That first step is courage. That first step is faith. That first step in the right direction is what it's all about. Now some people have some questions about why they ended up at Rahab's house. My, my, my personal belief is that was just kind of good cover, if you would. Some people think maybe they misunderstood Joshua's instructions to, that this was an undercover mission. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly why they were there. Now here's what I do know. She helped them. And because she helped 
them, they were able to survive. And Joshua was able to get the intel that he was trying to get. And ever since then, she has been looked at as an example of faith. We know from later on in the story that she and her whole family were saved. They were the only ones saved from Jericho. She actually was incorporated into the people of Israel and lived the rest of her life as a God follower. Totally different career, totally different life, totally different identity. Everything was different on the other side. But it's those first steps that God honored. And my guess is that probably nobody in this room is as far in the other direction as God as Rahab had been up until that moment. But you can, no matter where you are, you can take that first step. That's the courage that you need. Theodore Roosevelt says, do what you can with what you have where you are. Do what you can with what you have where you are. William Faulkner wrote, you cannot swim for new horizons until you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. You cannot swim for new horizons until you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. And Rahab, again, is a perfect example of the way that God takes all of us as we are the moment we choose to trust him. But don't forget, on the other side of that, even in her life, he expects us to grow. He expects us to take one more courageous step, one more courageous step, and keep growing and keep changing, and little by little becoming more and more like him. Listen to her words when she made that choice. I, I love this. It's such a brave thing. You can hear her, her fright, but you can hear it switching to suddenly she's more afraid of the real power she senses in God. She says, I know the Lord has given you this land. We are all afraid of you. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. The things they've been hearing is things like the, them getting out of Egypt by the water being parted and then walking on dry land. They've been hearing about all the place, all the people who'd attacked them along the way and how they had completely beat them easily with the power of God. They're scared. She says, for the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Do you hear that faith? You hear that? Uh, everything up to that point had been the wrong direction. But right here, there's this tipping point moment. That's courage. Where she goes, you know what? Forget everything else. I'm going to risk everything on this. I'm putting all my eggs in this basket instead. I believe that's kind of what Paul was talking about when he wrote to Timothy. Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all the believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and your purity. I think one of the things most of us are really afraid of and that it's hard to be courageous about is to live boldly, to speak boldly, to speak the truth in love, to, to do the right thing even when nobody else seems to. Or especially if we think people are going to judge us for it or hate us for it for some reason. But I want you to remember something cool about God that's one of the clues he gives us in the, in the model of the family. Have you ever seen a baby learning how to walk? How many of you have ever seen a baby learn how to walk? Your baby, any baby, anywhere, okay? It's not impressive, is it? It's not. It's really awkward and kind of weird. But every parent everywhere goes, oh, wow, look at that. She's a genius. Look at his coordination, right? 
They're so impressed. And it's not because it's impressive. It's because it's the first steps. Are you with me? They're starting something new. They, they, they couldn't do this. And now, oh my goodness, they still can't. But it's not going to be long now. They're taking those first steps. Things are actually starting. We're, we're seeing some progress. This is actually, oh wow, there went a couple more. And that's how God is with us. And that's how he is with you this morning. If you're watching yourself in the mirror and you're going, this is not cool. Keep walking. Because your heavenly father is saying, that's amazing. Don't stop. It's not enough. It's not really that amazing to anybody but him at this moment. But it's going to be if you keep walking. There's going to be a day where you look back and you're just walking along like most of us do. And you can't even, none of us can remember what it was like to take those first steps. We don't remember that because it's so far back. Someday that's going to be that way for you and whatever you're struggling with if you keep walking. Paul writes to the Philippians, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the first time you heard it until now. You see everything that he's celebrating up until then? This is, these are good people. These are great Christians. He's excited about being with them. He's really proud of them. He's saying, good job. But look at what he says right after that. He says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So no, no matter what other progress you might have been making, you still got to keep walking on that too. John Maxwell says a leader is someone who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Someone who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. If you... If you know what the right thing is to do, you actually do it. And anybody else follow, follows you, you're not only doing the right thing, you're actually a leader in that moment. Are you with me? That's courage. That's what it looks like. And that's all there is to it. Even if you've got way, way, way far still to go, at that moment when you're taking those steps, you're doing that. Marianne Rodmacher says, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the silent voice at the end of the day that says, I will try again tomorrow. First John, the Apostle John writes, And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ, so that when he returns you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Throughout this whole series, and it wasn't the first time any of you had ever heard it, but we've been focusing on it. There's one more of these keyhole moments in scripture where Jesus says that he is like the ultimate grapevine. God is the ultimate gardener. That we're the branches that are attached to that. And God's purpose is that we produce fruit. There's both hope and fear and a bunch of other things as well in all of that picture, all of that metaphor. But the biggest thing is he kept saying, remain in me. Abide in me, some translations say. Be connected to me. Make sure you're connected to me. That's what John is remembering and channeling and saying here also with the help of the Holy Spirit. But he's telling us that same thing. He's saying, stay connected to Jesus. And when he shows up, you're not going to be afraid. You're not going to be going, oh no, here he comes. Wait, did I confess that thing? You're going, Jesus. All right. 
We made it. Here's the finish line. That's God's hope for you. That's our hope for you. That's my hope for myself. That we just keep on walking and we eventually will get there. 2 Corinthians 3, Paul writes, We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Uh, not too long ago, I was able to go skydiving with a bunch of people from this church and camp and a few other places. And it was super fun. It, it was one of those experiences that kind of close to the, <clears throat> excuse me, hold my beer and watch this kind of a idea of courage in some ways, except all of us were sober and nobody was watching. We were all participating. But this is the point. This is what I want you to know. It took some courage, it took some bravery, it took a little bit of sucking it up and just making yourself do it to jump out of that airplane. Here's what would have been really stupid for me to go, hey, I think I could fly the plane too. <laughs> or for me to say, hey, you know what? I think that I can do this by myself. The only reason that any of us were able to survive that day wasn't because we had courage in a bottle or because we had some sort of we were just so in fearless it was because every single one of us had somebody attached to the back of us that knew exactly what they were doing and had done this a hundred times several times that day they knew exactly what they were doing the only thing we had to do was trust in them and do what they said put your arms out like this Put them back down. Stick your legs out. That's all we had to do. That and just smile. Let the wind kind of mess with you. That's courage. Do you hear what I'm telling you? It's not that, it's not the stop shaking and jump out. It's not, I'm not going to do this till I'm not feeling fear. Hey, I don't feel fear this moment. Let's just, it's got nothing to do with that. It's got to putting your trust somewhere where your trust belongs. And then doing something based on that trust. There's probably something that God wants you to do courageously this morning. My question to you this morning is, what are you going to courageously do? There is probably something that God wants you to do that you're scared to death to do it. It's going to cost you something. It's going to hurt. It's going to be rough. It's not going to be easy. And so you haven't got around to doing it yet or even starting it yet. Maybe you should write that down. There's a little handout in every bulletin. If you still got that phone, maybe you can text it in there, set a little alarm, do this tomorrow. But I'm serious. Make it happen. That's what courage looks like. Get it done. Maybe there's something in your life that you know you need to stop and you haven't stopped it yet you're, because it's going to cost you something. It's going to hurt. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe there's a relationship you need to start or a relationship you need to stop or a habit you need to start or stop. I don't know what God is asking you to do this morning, but I'm asking you, I'm promising you that it's going to take courage. And if you put your hope in Jesus, that's going to happen. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus this morning. You've just never got around to doing that. You've never got around to getting baptized the way he commanded us to do. You've never surrendered completely to him maybe you've never surrendered that one thing i'm asking you this morning to take a first step maybe you need to team up with some other people whatever it is be courageous take that first step we're going to sing 
And while we sing, as always, we're asking you to share that if you want. There's going to be people who are just dying to pray with you. If that's all you want, it's just somebody to pray with you, to share that burden with you. That's going to be available. You can come forward, make a public decision. You can stay where you are. But this morning, before we actually sing, I need you to go ahead and stand. And we're going to say this message of hope from Ephesians 3 together. I need you to read it. Say it with all the boldness and truth that's in this verse because this is the word of God. Here we go. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. That concludes the Sunday Sermons podcast. You can respond to the invitation you just heard where you are right now. Don't waste this opportunity to change your life for the better. If you've made a decision or are interested in learning more, please visit us at morrisonhill.com.